Welcome everybody to Podcast a Week. You I, actually, I, I either set a reminder or just have people start reminding me to actually upload these because I've had this episode recorded for a while. This is not laziness. Well, it's probably it's more forgetfulness than laziness. But I've had this episode recorded. It's just been a matter of me remembering to actually upload it. I love on audacity. Random aside, it says disk space remains for 253 hours and 6 minutes of recording. So you know, if this intro runs long, I might run out of disk space. But regardless, if you remember, about last, I don't know, June, July, I promised an episode on the CFL. It's a long tease. It's as long a tease as me promising to do the Pokerap from memory. I'll do it someday. Also, that, that Pokemon film review series isn't dead. No series ever dies on Podcast of the Week. It just goes into semi-permanent hiatus to eventually return out of nowhere. Nonetheless, promised an episode about the CFL. Well, I'm sure you're delighted to know. Michael Pincente is lovely enough to come on and talk to me about the CFL. And he's Canadian, which makes him an expert on all things Canadian. That's how facts work. So have a nice listen. Welcome back to Podcast a Week. There is a, well, is it a sport in and of itself? We'll talk about that in a moment. A branch of a sport at the very least that seems to get a bad rap. And that's Canadian football. And joining me, noted Canadian Michael Pincente. Pincente, how are you doing? You are an expert in all things Canadian, being Canadian. As the most Canadian, uh, formerly the best Canadian, I've, I, I am Canadian and I have lots to talk about. Wait, formerly? But who did you cede best Canadian to? I just, I, I, I just, I took it out of my Twitter name because it was my Twitter name for like years and now it's not so I'm not the best Canadian so you've grown more modest as you've gotten older yeah I think I think uh, the the best Canadian is, should be passed down at some point I, I put I put someone else over because I I, I have that responsibility as the best mm. to give other people the spotlight you're not the best if you continue to say you're the best then you demote yourself from the best and give it to someone else but if you give to someone else you remain the best while, while passing on the mantle of the best yeah, I just retired from being the best. But if I came back, you know, it's over. Mm. It's like that, you know, the Ireland Twitter account where they give it to a different person yes. every week. It's basically like that. Yeah, I don't want that for Canadians because it would be so annoying. It's it's pretty annoying for Irish people. It'd I feel annoying. like I like I I follow it, and I feel like you guys are like you guys understand the joke mm. that it's like oh just it's this is a silly thing to do. Canadians wouldn't get it, and they just like. Oh, we love Tim Hortons. It would just be silly. <laughs> yeah. Like it wouldn't be like I hate when you know people like embrace the joke. It's like no, you just look dumb. You don't look like you're, you know that. I, I feel like Canadians couldn't handle irony like the Irish can. Yeah, so that's why it works so well with you with your guys. Because well, the Sweden has one too, I think, and the Sweden one is very oh. kind of earnest and like as you'd expect the Swedish one to be. Really, yeah, it sounds exactly the way you would you think it would be. Just like, yeah, we're very happy and just talking about things that are Swedish. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> I assume you saw the Pray for Patrick week. Yes. Which was, I think, the best thing to happen in the history of Twitter. But Yeah, because it it didn't, I didn't think it was real for a long time, and then it was. It just, it just kept happening, and it wouldn't stop, and it was the best week ever. The funniest thing was, like, the first couple of days of that, when, like, you know, it's a pretty standard Twitter account most of the time. There's, there's, people kind of have fun with it, but the, there's people that follow it that are just like, you're doing this. You're a disgrace to this account. You're you're, you're embarrassing <laughs> Ireland. It's like, oh, good God! 
Yeah, there there, there would be that, but that's okay because you got it. I I want to be. If I were me, I would take it like way too seriously. Mm. But it would be so serious that that would be the joke. It's like <laughs> that I'm pretending that this this matters. This shitty little Twitter account that we pass around like a basketball matters to the to the culture. It's that, an that important Irish institution. Absolutely, just like uh, the court system. Yeah, the yeah. Irish Twitter. So we're not here to talk about Twitter. We're here to talk about Canadian football. Do you actually? That's my first question. Do you guys just call it football? Yeah, we just call it football, oh, or we call it the CFL, or you know, if you're referring to it's like, oh, I play football. Oh, you like the Ford? No, we play Canadian rules. Hmm. Those are like the three. But yeah, we usually just call it the same way Australia calls Aussie rules football. They yeah. just call it football because like footy. We're very confusing because we, we here we have American football. That's what do you call American football? American football. We also the same thing, just football. We recognize it as football, and then okay. when you're being specific, you qualify it by the league. I think nice. the best way to talk about the sports to call it uh, what the Australians actually do uh, is uh, gridiron. They call it gridiron, which mm. is the way the field looks like. Australia's domestic professional league is the National Gridiron League. I think that's the best way when you're talking about the sport to refer to it as because it's just easier because because so, football it. it, it it was stolen from rugby and from football, from soccer, as the North American calls it. Gridiron is such a – it just sounds cooler. It sounds more unique. But, yeah, it's usually just for us, just football. Yeah, because in Ireland we have Gaelic football, which is like a, a sport that does not go outside of Ireland. So that's, no, that's – if we were to call football something football, it would be that. Then we have soccer for, like, soccer which the British, British call football, and people here still occasionally call football. Then there's American football, and we go for Aussie rules over, like, Aussie football. But, like, Aussie rules every year, we do, like, we combine our version of Gaelic football with Aussie rules to play them, and we call it the international rules, and it gets very confusing. So, yeah, there's a good four or five things we can call football here. Oddly enough, I'm familiar with all of that, because uh, I got a channel called uh, Sportsnet World, and it shows Gaelic football all the time, and I love it. Yeah. I, got, I got addicted to it for like three weeks in the summer and haven't watched it since. But I became a big fan of the sport. It's, it's interesting. It's, I like the international, like different international sports from where I live. It's just it's interesting to see sports different that I'm not used to. It's one of my favorite things to do. You see, when I was younger in like primary and secondary school, we were forced to play. Well, most in primary school, we were forced to play Gaelic football and our other national sport, which is hurling. And... I was okay at Gaelic football. I was terrible at hurling because hurling, if you've ever seen it, it's basically a small tennis ball-sized ball that you're hitting with a stick, like a hockey stick, except you can carry the ball in your hand a little as well and you can raise the ball off the ground. It's also the fastest field game in the world. There's some trivia for you. Oh, wow. But I was terrible at hurling, which has bred a deep-seated resentment of the sports in me. (laughs) That's kind of me with uh, soccer too, is that I was really bad at it. So now I have an attitude about it. Mm. I also like. It, I've also grown up not understanding how you could be that passionate about a non-contact sport for someone who's like I've always watched basketball, and like that people are passionate about it, but they're not going to start riots in France over it because no one's hitting each other unless you're <laughs> in LA. But that's LA. LA is going to riot because they have to. I, I I understand not liking sport because you're bad at it. Because I was I m- my dad was all city. As a soccer defenseman, and I, I couldn't do, I couldn't kick it, I couldn't kick straight. I ju- it just wasn't for me. Yeah, it was okay soccer. I was like a, a C plus, B minus on a good day soccer player. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I failed that class. If it was a class, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have graduated. So, which came first, Canadian or American football? 
Uh, that's that's where it gets interesting. Uh, the, Wait, there's the, a fight. The, uh, kinda, yeah. That it's um, it ba- rugby came first. What it is when uh, North America was uh, uh, settled by the Europeans, as we tend to do, uh, as as has happened once or twice. People obviously, as people came over, you know, in search of the new world, the new life, they bring their sports, they bring their culture, and, and all those sorts of things. Rugby came over, but it was never actually codified. And there was no, no one ever came over with the book. And it's like, he, this is the thing. I think this is like this, eight, late 1800s, probably. Pro, yeah, around around the time of, uh, of all the settling. And this is, you know, for both Canada and the United States, people just went by word of mouth. Yeah, there's this many guys. You pass the ball backwards lengthwise of the field as the sport began to develop and grow people wanted to hit each other and run around with the ball and score different elements changed you know there uh, in rugby there's the ruck after there's a tackle mm-hmm. you got to fight for the ball and then toss it back or you take it from the other team in football that's the center that's it. they didn't have that concept of fight for the ball it's if you tackle the next play starts and instead of phases that which they have in rugby which is just counting how many times you've been tackled and passed the ball we just had a set of downs the way the two different sports came about, there's two stories. One is that it was lost in translation when the Canadians explained it to the Americans, the Amer- Americans explained it to Canadians. The story that's going to upset uh, all the American listeners is that the first official game of of rugby, rugby football, was actually between uh, McGill and Harvard. And those two university university out in um, uh, Quebec, McGill, and then Harvard, which is out in Massachusetts. Uh, McGill beat harvard with in the first game by like a lot like it was you know and and they still play that game of rugby those two universities every year but they beat them up then they went to harvard and the inflammatory story goes is that harvard changed the rules (laughs) to give them one less guy and an extra down because canadian has three rounds and 12 right and they made the field smaller to confuse the canadians that now that story isn't the popular one for a very specific reason that it kind of just sounds like sour grapes from the from Miguel, but it also totally sounds like something Americans would do whenever they lose to Canadians. Yeah, it's, so it's, I'm not, not going to say it's not true, but that's that's one of the stories. It's the entirely petty take your ball and go home kind of American thing to do, yeah. isn't it? It's like no, you're cheating, and then you knew like as a kid you play some made up game and you like say that someone's cheating. Yeah, that's what Harvard basically did, <laughs> and then obviously you know, and then the sport grew from there and. The American game just became more popular because America. Yeah. And it's just, that's, where, that's where we are now. It's more people. And there's... Well, there's a lot. I think one of the big things why the CFL has a certain uh, small ceiling is that there's only so many places you can realistically put teams in Canada. And all of them currently have a team already, and it's nine. Mm. Unless you double up like they do in a lot of American sports. And even in Europe, there's two teams that reside in Milan for Serie A soccer. There's two teams in for New York uh, for, for the NFL. You would have to put another team in, you know, Saskatchewan or you know, Toronto, maybe. But we struggle as it is. There's there's not a lot. Most of Canada is uninhabited by major cities, like the nine provinces that border the states. There's a whole northern territory that's most of the country. That's a huge problem. They're trying to expand out to uh, the Atlantic provinces, but it's it's just a pain in the ass. It's just difficult. Yeah, it's just even like it's just too big a country for it to be practical, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Well, it's well, I think it's the second largest country. Russia's the first. Mm. You, you couldn't 
a large portion of it is just snow and trucks. Like that's 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 really it. Like a lot of it, even and even the uh, the middle of the country where Win- you know where Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and Alberta, where all those places are, they most it's like the one city and then that's it and then that's the whole thing. Except for Saskatchewan, Saskatoon and Regina are too are big. You could probably do stuff out in BC with Victoria. You have a team in Vancouver, but it's really hard to have a lot of teams for a sport that already kind of struggles with its popularity and struggles with its identity to really have more than 10 to 12. And even then, that's a very difficult 10 to 12. Because in, in soccer, they have the Champions League in Europe. And there's times where, like, if English teams are playing, say, in Russia or Ukraine or, you know, a three-hour flight across Europe, they're moaning until there's no tomorrow. And that's... That's basically if you're you're in Toronto and you're playing an away game in Vancouver, that's a further flight than flying from freaking London to uh, Kiev. See, that's a very uh, interesting thing, and that's an only European complaint because you'll never hear American sports talk. I expect mainly football, in basketball and baseball sports that have longer seasons, they talk about that a lot. But football, just by its nature, because of how physical it is on its contact, you're only playing once a week, mm. and you you usually travel. Uh, on the depending on how big of the deal the game is and if you got facilities that'll lend you to usually the a day or two before the game we're supposed to like I've I've heard about European teams they travel like the day of the game what the fuck's wrong with you why how is that the best way to handle your business that's a very Europe, that's a very like eurocentric thing because American sports would absolutely not put up with that or North American sports would absolutely not put up with that like there would be no way even uh I think auto uh, Saskatchewan was up here for a uh a trip recently and they just stayed in Ottawa and they went to Toronto and they, you know, took the, the couple hour drive back and then they played in Ottawa and they, they were away from home for two weeks. That's just how business gets done. It's a very, it's a very only in Europe they would do, or only in soccer they would do stuff like that because they, the games are just any day of the week out there. I feel like it's actually interesting to compare because in rugby in Europe, they have the pro 14 now which they introduced South African teams into it this year. It's it's predominantly like uh, Irish, Welsh, Scottish. I don't think, is there Irish teams in it? I'm not even sure. But like like usually in and around like Britain and Ireland and some Italian and French teams, or not French teams, but yeah, Italian teams. And they introduced South African teams, which as you might know, South Africa is rather far away from Britain. Yeah. So oh, well, it's just like the Toronto Wolfpack for the uh, English Super League. They are a Toronto team playing rugby in an English league and they have to go to England to play. They got across fucking Atlantic all the time to play away games. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, they, they did a similar thing to what you said where you there's two teams, there's two South African teams in the league now and uh, every team that plays them away flies down to South Africa, plays both teams and then goes home. Simple. It's, yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. That, even the Toronto team, they spend a month there. They do like three to four uh, away games and they do four straight home games. That's interesting. Logistically difficult. Though but that's 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 the new wave. That's what everyone wants. Even the NFL wants to expand into England and Mexico. They want to. Well, they do. Everyone what? wants to have more than one country. Yeah. The NFL does three or four games in England a year now, doesn't it? Yeah, they do a lot. They used to do one in Toronto, the Bills in Toronto series, uh, and then they stopped because the Bills started getting embarrassed because uh, it was mainly uh, the fans from other teams coming. Yeah. To that. Because the Bills don't Bills travel well, but Buffalo fans aren't going to come to Toronto like the way Toronto fans come to Buffalo. Mm. That's and then oh the Jets are in town. Well, every, you know, there's not a Toronto team, so you're going to get a lot of Jets fans, and that just the, is the way it is. So differences between American football and the CFL go. Uh, well, there's uh, an extra man uh, in Canadian football. Canadian football is 12 aside. 
The field is bigger. There's an extra 10 yards in the end zone, uh, which is uh, where you where you score your points. There's a, mm-hmm. there's an extra 10 yards. Uh, there's a, The American field goes 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and then 40. It's 100 yards. The CFL field goes 40, 50, center 50, so it's an extra uh, 5 to 10 yards bigger. Same anyway, width, though? Because we have metric. Yes, yeah, same width. I think just about I, – it. I, I can't remember for sure. It, it, I think it's a bit bigger, but I can't remember. It's more closer to a rugby field, so it's it's not that much bigger, but I know it is. there is a difference in uh, size. Uh, forward motion is a thing that's uh, unique to uh, the CFL and arena rules football, actually. Uh, in the NFL, you can't have a uh, wide receiver or a running back or a tight end running towards the line of scrimmage, which is where the ball is that separates the offense and defense. Uh, in the CFL, that's... Uh, called a waggle and it's uh, highly encouraged i like the name waggle <laughs> yeah that's actually the name of the cfl's podcast the waggle that's <laughs> their podcast that uh, no one listens to because it's bad Ooh, this is a heavy shot we should we should do yeah. a, a, a rival cfl podcast they uh, uh no one <laughs> no one would listen there's there were there's one that's good and then it shut down once the Waggle got introduced out of like, oh, we're going to support the league. We don't want to be rivals. And it sucks and everyone wants to come back. But no one's heard from the dudes for a long time. They used, they used to be on Reddit. I can't remember. They they had a bunch of names for it. I think it was just a CFL show. And now no one knows what the what's going on. CFL has less but downs yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's uh, three downs. We're supposed to the uh, American is four. Uh, punting's a, a different game as well. Uh, we have uh, the – uh, the concept of an onside guy where someone lines up behind the kicker or is the kicker, they can actually go receive the ball uh, before the other team touches it, try to get it back. It's a rare play. It doesn't happen because you could, you see it. It's obvious when it's happening. Um, you, there's no fair catches. Fair catches in uh, American football is if the ball's kicked in the air on a punt or a kickoff and uh, a defender gets right in your face, you wave your hand in the air and you catch the ball and then that's it. No one can hit you. No one can tackle you. That's not a concept in uh, Canadian football. If you get the ball, you get a five-yard halo where people have to stay away from you for five yards, give you five yards to move, and that's it. Uh, there's no touchbacks either. Uh, touchback in uh, American football is if you catch the, if you get a kick, you catch it in the end zone, you take a knee, you get the ball at the 20 or the 25 if it's in the college system. Uh, for Canada, if the ball is in the end zone, you get tackled, the other team gets a point, or if they kick it through the back of the end zone. It's called a rouge, and it is the most confusing thing in the world for Americans. And whenever they see a score that shows one point, I just people having panic attacks in the comment section. It's the funniest <laughs> thing because they don't like the what? How do you get one point? How do you only get an extra point? And they're all angry, and then they start bashing the sport instead of just Google searching and see that there's actually a really cool explanation for it that makes the game. You know, it, it adds a lo- uh, level of strategy and. Um, Difficulty to playing special teams, which is super important in the in the CFIs is in the yeah, American uh, uh, code, but just a different level of importance in the uh, Canadian code. I think it comes uh, from think, rugby as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, I can't remember the exact rule in rugby. I know sometimes if you get tackled in your own end zone, the other team gets a, a penalty choice yeah, in rugby union. And I'm not sure about rugby league. It can be two points as well, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, I think. the Amer- yeah, we have that too, uh, that we call that a safety. If you get tackled yeah. standing in your own end zone, like if, you, uh, if you're if you on uh, offense or if you take a knee on, yeah, on, as a punter, the other team gets two points. 
uh, which is some some do it by accident. You really don't want to give up points at all. Some do it as a strategic move, especially if you got a punt out of your own end zone and you just want more space instead of uh, giving them good field position and possibly them scoring a touchdown, you give up the two points. Uh, Canadian football is a, a difficult game to grasp, same way like rugby, as it's very strategy-based as opposed to, okay, run, score, get in the end zone, and or kick it. CFL, it's a lot of, uh, well, you'll give up points to, for field position because you'd rather give up two or one point instead of seven or eight. It's it's different, and, and rugby is the same way. It's like, oh, they just kicked it away Yeah, in rugby. That happens a lot, and that upsets people, confuse people. Why would you kick it away? You had the ball. You wouldn't do that. You don't really do that in any other sport. In basketball, you just throw the ball away when you're stupid, right? For the, and that's one of the unique things about Canadian football. It takes so much from rugby. So if you if you like rugby, you're gonna and you have a hard time following American football. You'll associate a little bit better with uh, the Canadian uh, gridiron rules. So I'm gonna ask you a very important question, a very divisive question. Which is better? Um, uh, it. That's a difficult thing to say. I have played both. Uh, I had a, a very brief and uh, an important minor football career. <laughs> um, playing uh, the Canadian rules, there, it's it's different when you when you're in there. There's a lot more movement. It's faster. It's uh, bigger in its own way. The American rules is a very uh, tight game. Everything's very close. You can't even if you spread the field. You really you really don't spread things too much. In terms of better, I like a lot of what the America Rules does in terms of uh, its rules for offense. The four downs is great. Uh, I do like the waggle portion of Canadian Rules, but if I had to say one is better, uh, American football is probably a better spectator sport. But if you're one of the yeah, it, it, which it's true, it was a lot of the rules they've continued to change. Even if you go all the way back to the early 1900s and 1800s, they changed it for the purpose of well, it's not a very good spectator sport, football. As it was, you know, that's how the forward pass came into play, and that's how uh, all sorts of all sorts of different things that now seem common in terms of the rules and even just the presentation of the game. It's because of the sole fact that people didn't like football. It was this scary game, and people were dying from it all the time. It wasn't visually appealing. American football rectifies that. Canadian football is sort of the uh, the combination of wanting to keep the rules pure to its roots as well as the spectator sport, but for for the pure, I'm just watching football, American, football, American rules are better. But if I'm playing something, I'd rather play the Canadian rules. I love the Canadian rules. The three downs, it's quick. You're in and off the field soon. The scoring's higher. It's just, uh, it's just the way it is. Just how it's always going to be. American peers, deal with it. <laughs> the stereotype of Canada is you're all playing hockey constantly, 24-7, 365. Is, yeah, it's overrated. Is football popular? Uh, it, well, it's in, in its own way. Yeah, it's uh, it struggles a little. Like, there's definitely a huge football culture out here, but I think uh, hockey. I have uh, uh, an objection to the hockey thing because it's 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 super overdrawn because nobody really cares the way they tell you we care because the passion that say Europeans have for uh, soccer or rugby or South Africans and people from New Zealand have for rugby it, it doesn't match hockey the way the the jokes and the sport check commercials which is a or the tsn commercials which is a sports outfitter and tv channel of us it's it's not there's there's that passion isn't there it's a very I, the only way i can put it is a corny meme kind of thing 
that people like look at and go, yeah, it's just a big meme. Like it's not a joke. I really don't think the passion's there the way people think it is. Because when I look at, if you look at the most passionate fan base in all of Canada, and this is all sports and, and people are going to be mad about this, but it's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because that's, that's their only professional sport out there is the CFL team. It's the most passionate bait. Everybody, you know, the birth certificates, there's Rough Rider logos on it. The hospitals give out Rough Rider hats when they're born. It's a lifestyle of their churches. You know, and the team's so involved and integral to that entire province, that entire flat fly of a province. It's so, it's so important to them. And it, they travel everywhere. You like they, and they wear green every day. It's their life. There's no, there's no hockey team. You wear, you wear the Leafs, but you only really care if they're winning. Same thing with the Montreal fans. And of course there are diehard fans to every fan base. There are diehard Argo fans. I'm one of them, but nothing matches that passion of the Rough Rider fans. In terms of its popularity, um, I think a lot of the media limits it because they have to focus on hockey and things can't be taken away from hockey. Or if the Raptors or the Blue Jays or the Argos or TFC are doing well. If any of those four other teams happen to be having a bad season, people forget about it and they don't talk. Because the rap people forget about the basketball situation up by, up by us, the Raptors. I was there when it was Andrea Bargnani, TJ Ford, and all these players we thought were our saviors, and they were horrible. Then DeMar DeRosa came up, and the stadium started filling up. That That's the thing with football out by me, and that's my view, is that when the Argos are good, stadium's full. But the limit to their popularity is limited by the media and really how many, how much time they're given to display the sport, which I don't think they're given a lot or enough of, but it, it is popular, but it, it, it isn't on the level of soccer and of hockey, but it is, it is super popular, especially in Quebec. They're huge on it. They got a great football system out there uh, from the minors all the way up to uh, the university system with Laval and the university of Montreal just won have won the Vanier Cups like eight times in the last 10 years. Like they've been fantastic, but it, it, it does have a certain ceiling, but I think it's getting bigger and bigger as a sport out by here. Uh, minor football is getting a, more of a big deal and there's more money going into it. And uh, the, the, it's growing, but it, it's definitely not as popular, but there's certainly a large base for it. Is there like a dominant powerhouse or is it fairly well spread around? Uh, in terms of what, like the the CFL or minor football or the CFL, uh, it, it's a people want to say because there's well there's there were eight teams for years. Uh, nine the ninth team, the Ottawa Red Blacks, just came up uh, I think three years ago. Um, people want to say that the competition's not great and that oh it's only nine teams. Of course, one team's going to dominate. That's actually not true. Uh, it's it is fairly spread around and there's uh, tons of good stories of. You know, teams clawing back like it's it's never really obvious who's going to win the Great Cup, which mm-hmm. is our which is the top prize. Um, Ricky Ray, the quarterback for the uh, Toronto Argonauts, uh, formerly the Edmonton Eskimos quarterback, um, he is the first quarterback to win to start and win three Great Cups. The Great Cup is 108 years old. He's the first guy to start as a quarterback and win three of them. The competition's great. There's really no dominant powerhouse, but. They're obviously the fan base, the Rough Riders, it's viewed as. And there have been a couple dynasties here and there. The Riders had one in the mid-2000s. Uh, Montreal won three with Anthony Calvillo and Cahoon and uh, Cox and uh, that that great team. That's what I grew up watching was that dynasty. But the, there there is a, a good rotation of competition in the CFL. 
What's an alouette? <laughs> What's an alouette? I think it's a bird. Is it? I believe, their logo is a bird. So I'm going to say it's a bird, but I don't know what kind of, like, I don't know if the bird is called alouetta or an alouette. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't do well in French uh, in elementary school. That wasn't my class. So I couldn't tell you. I, I, I know it's a bird because that's, it has to be because that's the logo and the song. Oh yeah. I know, uh, I know the song. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But yeah, that, that, I, I'm not, I have no idea. I've always just, I've always kind of t- taken it on face value. It's like, oh yeah, that's the name of the team. Yeah. And haven't gone into it. It's a pretty good team. Like you say, Rough Riders. Rough Riders is the best team name, probably of all time. Uh, okay. Here's uh, the worst CFL fact, and a thing that makes me understand why people are abrasive to the league. At one point, we had two teams called the Rough Riders. Okay. The Ottawa Rough Riders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The only difference between the two teams is that it is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, one word, and the Ottawa Rough Riders, two words. Right. With a space. There was a there was an all Rough Rider Grey Cup. It's the silliest thing, because Ottawa like it wasn't like there was a rugby team that you know because uh, that's happened before the I, I believe Edmonton the Eskimos was originally a rugby team that converted to football back in the fifties. I could be wrong about that, but a couple teams converted from rugby to Canadian rules football for passing. That was already named the Rough Riders, and they kept the team. Saskatchewan Rough Riders were allowed for around for a very long time when this team decided to name themselves. And it's the it, it's my least favorite thing. It's the only thing that justifies people not liking the CFL because how could you support an organization that allowed that to happen? Yeah, like imagine there's just I get in college sports you have a lot of teams named the Tigers. I mean, there's a hundred and 15 colleges that play NCAA football. There's like four of them are Tigers. That's fine. They're like 100 years old. But these were teams in like the 70, the 70s, and a guy's like, yeah, I want to be the Rough Riders. And he just he refused to waver from it. I do like that. It's just like there's, what, 18, nine teams in the league? And it's just like, no, I don't want any other words in the entire world. I want yeah. Rough Riders. Couldn't be. No, now, even their name now is kind of silly. They're the Red Blacks, which is... Just it's like supposed to mean like lumberjack, like the red and black of the flannel that the lumberjacks use. Yeah, like great name. Yeah, I guess when you think about it, but when you first see it, it kind of sounds stupid. It's just two colors. It vaguely has a, like the red blacks just vaguely has a racist feel to it. Just like without thinking about it. <laughs> well, that's that's your prerogative, Garrett. Fair I'm enough. sure you, the Ottawa Red Blacks are not racist. Argonauts. As far as I'm Argonauts. It's a Greek thing, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, the okay. The story of the Argonauts is. It's actually the oldest uh, professional sports franchise in North America. Woo. Uh, it's the it's the Argonaut Rowing Club uh, back in the, I'm going to say the 1880s. Uh, it was a, the, the two colors, the double blue, comes from Oxford blue and Cambridge blue. Uh, because the Argonaut Rowing Club was for graduates of Oxford and Cambridge. What the rowing club would do during the winters to keep in shape, prepare for their season, was they would play football, rugby. Uh, they won the first uh, Grey Cup against the University of Toronto uh, in uh, in the Varsity Stadium, where Varsity Stadium is now. Uh, but yeah, and it, it is a, it's based off of the Argonaut Rowing Club that decided to play football and then got really good at it, and now they're uh, a large organization. But it's 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 based off of that. They're the Argonauts because they're rowers, and they just kept the name after 100 plus years. I've now Googled Argonauts. They're a band of Greek heroes. And they... Yeah, it's Jason. It's from Jason and the Argonauts. And they ah, were, yes. yeah, they were Greek mythology, 
Greek heroes, and they they went on the seas and did hero stuff. That's a good you know? name. Yeah, it's a great name. I love the double blues. Our nickname because of the double blue. I love the team branding. I love the colors. I, I I'm a obviously a huge Argonaut fan, season ticket holder. And there, there's a lot to love about. There's a lot to love about the league that I don't think uh, people give it a fair chance. But the it's 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 really uh, a very community uh, centric uh, experience. The CFL is like they 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 put a huge uh, emphasis on interacting with the community and outreach and things like that. So it, it it's really fun and nice to be a fan of the CFL, but it just doesn't get that kind of backing and opportunity. Hopefully, this podcast will be the catalyst for the the international fame of the CFL. I would hope so. I, I would hope so because the, the the American audience is growing. They haven't released the uh, ratings for the Grey Cup yet, but the the American audience is growing. While the uh, the Canadian one is sort of capped up, but the American audience continues to grow. Even internationally, there was a huge uh, uh, there was a huge following for these playoffs in Europe. I I, do, I don't know who carries it out there. It might have been ESPN streaming. Yeah, ESPN do have CFL. it on. The ESPN have a US channel in the UK and Ireland, and they do it every time. Yeah, we, it's ESPN two is the CFLs on, uh, and, and and it gets really good ratings. Surprisingly enough, uh, even to the the network, they're surprised how well the CFL does, which is really good. But it needs to get popular out here because the stadiums need to fill up. Well, Toronto needs to fill up. Every other stadium's doing pretty much okay. So, do you have any other burning thoughts, hot takes? Hot takes. Uh, well, I, I, I think it, I've, I've talked about it before, but I think the whole Canadians being so corny about uh, hockey is holding football back. I think uh, people miss out on a huge experience of cheering for local hometown heroes like Canadian, real life Canadians playing in real life Canadian cities wearing, you know, real life Canadian colors. It's, it's, it's an experience that I think that it's the this is the only country that I feel like has this problem where their domestic league for any sport can't get support because I don't see why you wouldn't, if you're from Toronto, why you wouldn't want to cheer and support and love Toronto's team. There's actually a lot of, like there's a lot of people who think it's cool to slander the CFL. Like those guys who just absolutely do not get laid that just sit around and they think they're cool for trashing the CFL, but it's, it doesn't really make any sense to me why you would watch, you know, it's, why well, you'd watch a team that doesn't care about you, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, you know, haven't done well in the past ten years, but they're charging hundred and eighteen dollars to stand up and watch Ooh. the game, like in standing room only tickets. That's how much it costs, and I can't even go to a game because it's way too much money. The Argonaut season tickets come out to for me thirty thirty bucks a game plus uh, playoff games for free, and all the you know the incentives and stuff. Even if you're not a season ticket holder, I mean fifty bucks for a front row, twenty five bucks to get in the door. That's nothing, and you get to support Canadian players. There was a big debate recently about what well, was executives uh, made some snide comments about the we have the ratio rule. You have to have a certain amount of Canadians on the field at a certain time and on your roster. And an executive in the CFL was complaining about that. Uh, and Ricky Foley, who's a, a Toronto boy, went to University of York or York U. Uh, he was saying that that's kind of nonsense because the league's doing fine with the amount of Canadians it has. Uh, an American quarterback got picked off by a Canadian safety, Matt Black, to seal the Grey Cup to win it. The the CFL's most outstanding player would have been a Canadian from Brampton, which is just 20 minutes away from my house right now. He he scored two different touchdowns, uh, receiving and rushing. That's a big 
controversy right now, anyways, and a big discussion amongst CFL Twitter and CFL Reddit and all those things, is should the ratio change? Would the league be better? And I, I believe that Canadian players is what makes the league so great. There's always been that talk, like, one day the NFL is going to buy the CFL, and that would be the end of Canadian players, which I don't think is true at all. I think that would be the renaissance of it. I think you would see Canadian player. I think you would see the opportunity if Canadian players could come up in the same kind of system the way the Americans do, just with, you know, the weight rooms and the culture up there, they would be just as good, the same way with any sport. But my, my ultimate hot take is that if you think you're really cool and edgy for being anti-CFL, you're missing out on the opportunity to support local heroes, local football players, and you're just a huge nerd, and your opinions don't mean much. Ooh. That's that's my hot take. We and... actually we have a similar problem here because football, soccer is a hugely popular sport in Ireland. Like uh, everyone in schools here, everybody supports an English football team, whereas the the local Irish league really struggles to get people in the door. And you'd wonder mm-hmm. what's the problem there because like there's a lot of soccer fans. There's, there's a lot of people who, like, people would spend money to go over to see Manchester United before they'd go to Cork City to see their local team, which you'd wonder, you'd wonder what the disconnect is there. It, it's it's a media thing, and it really is. And I, fe- I think Toronto feels that worse than any other, which is where I'm from, I am, any other uh, um, city, just because I, I think it's it's natural that if you if you put something in front of a kid's face, and it's like this with wrestling too, it's something a lot of wrestling fans have to realize. A lot of kids are going to like whoever wins a lot of the time. So Roman Reigns is hugely popular with kids like me um, <laughs> because he wins all the time. And that's easy for kids to get behind. Like, yeah, the guy's always winning. That makes him cool and the best because he wins, which is – I, I just like him because I like when he yells. But that's that's such an easy thing for kids to associate with. And I England is such a – the English soccer is such a powerhouse in terms of the media coverage they get that it's more accessible to kids. That's where it starts. And then kids grow up only watching English soccer out by us. All the media, it's leaf stuff all the time. The CFL does their draft, which is where they draft the collegiate, the amateur players. They do their draft. It gets maybe in 30 minutes of coverage and then they go right into the draft. And even then it's not on TV. It's on, you have to stream it and the stream's always behind and they don't, bring out all the analysts for it the cfl pregame is an hour before kickoff that's it there's no show during the week there's during the off season there's absolutely no coverage on it you got to go on the website that's not accessible for the younger generation that's that's on the network deciding that we need to do four hours of hockey coverage every day it's not an exaggeration they need to do that's hockey and there's like three different hockey shows that play on tsn the, the the network that carries the cfl and there's nothing about the CFL, and it's all hockey the whole time. You're not gonna. You're the network is in charge of growing the sport, not the league. The league can only do so much, and the league put out a bunch of posters around the city for the past two years, and that's awesome, and I love it, and it's great to see Canadians in Canadian team colors around my city. But that's only so much, and that's only cool for me, who's an adult and can look at that and associate with that. If you're a young kid and all you're seeing is Tom Brady. Even though you're not from Massachusetts, you're going to be a Tom Brady fan. Not because you thought it out and you think he's a great guy and you're intrigued by his story. No, he's the winner. And you're going to go with the winner, the powerhouse, the big dog, as they say. The, I, 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 I'm aware that Ireland has that problem because the England is right over there and it's all in your face. And that's all you see. And the media would rather spend time on what's popular for the ratings 
instead of growing who they carry already. CFL has that problem big time. And there's slander campaigns from the other sports uh, carriers, sports network out by Sportsnet. They slander the CFL all the time because their um, their parent company is Bell Communications. Rogers Communications is the CFL parent company. It just goes and goes. Rogers is associated with CFL. And it just and it just hurts the league more than it helps anybody. And it's such a it's such a strange thing to carry something and then do nothing to to help it. And it just hurts the sport and it hurts the growth and it makes kids more annoying because they just cheer for the winners and they don't learn how to. You and this is half a joke, half true. You're just cheering for whoever wins. You're not really learning anything about life. You're just kind of strolling along and going for the easiest thing where there's no loyalty there's no nothing you're just sitting there soaking it in it's like listening to chart music all the time you're not you're not gaining anything you're just you're just being you're just being fed things you gotta and it's hard for kids to go out there and make their own decisions like that like i did and my dad did right but that's just the way it is you know the meat it's all the the the, the damn media's home not mainstream media yeah Damn, damn liberal media keeping down the CFL. Uh, Fake news NFL. I really enjoy this, Pachenta. Yeah, it's fun. I've never talked about the Canadian football in any form of media before, except like poking fun at it. So this is different for me. I enjoyed it. You want to plug anything before we go? Uh, you, uh, my Twitter's uh, the Pachente. Follow me for comic books, uh, wrestling, and sports. I am the big dog. That is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can listen to new episodes of podcast a week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK or by searching for the TWS network on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryKidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thank you to Pinchente for coming on the show. Next week, me and Barry talk about Spider-Man Homecoming, which is a good film. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.